This is Midday Magazine for Tuesday, June 13th. I'm Shelby Herbert. The Port of Seattle shut down its cargo operations on Saturday due to labor conflicts, and the Port of Alaska says it could affect the state. About 90% of Alaska's goods arrive by ship or barge, and most of that comes via Seattle. Jim Jager is a spokesperson for the Port of Alaska in Anchorage. Any impact on shipping out of Seattle-Tacoma area is going to have an impact on Alaska just because we're getting all of our goods there, or the vast majority. Jager says half the goods barged to Alaska stay in Anchorage, and the other half are distributed throughout the state, even sent back down to communities in southeast. The details of the shutdown are unclear. The Pacific Maritime Association, which represents terminal operators, blames the labor union, the International Longshore and Warehouse Union, for the shutdown. The labor union denies its worker strike is causing the port's closure. Jager says the extent of the impact on Alaska won't be known for a while. But he says it'll likely be more of an inconvenience, like minor delays of goods getting onto shelves. He says the bulk of the slowdown is in international cargo, so it probably won't be a huge hit to Alaska. I don't think it'll get terrible, but, you know, it all depends on your line of work. If you're worried about getting food for the grocery store, yeah, we'll get most of the stuff. Uh, on the other hand, if you're in a business that relies on something that's coming from Asia, you may have a real problem coming up. Jager stresses that it's important for Alaskans to not panic shop, as some did buying proje- products like toilet paper during the pandemic. That could only make things worse. It took six months to sort of get out of that whipsaw action of the supply chain. Could that happen? You bet it could. And will it happen? Oh, but with some goods it does. As for the strike itself, Jager says there are different unions in Alaska and it won't affect port workers here. A Washington-based conservation group closed the summer's Southeast Alaska King Salmon or Chinook troll fishery after a three-year legal battle. The Wild Fish Conservancy's case rests on the idea that king salmon harvests in southeast Alaska drive the decline of southern resident orcas. And now the group is doubling down. They're pursuing Endangered Species Act protections for several population of king salmon across Alaska. Here's the story. Even other environmental groups are questioning the Wild Fish Conservancy's latest move. It's overkill. It's it's going way too far. Pretty dramatic overreach. Tim Bristol is the executive director of Salmon State, a salmon conservation agency. The group's mission is to protect the future of wild salmon in Alaska. And Bristol says the Endangered Species Act isn't the right tool to fix the declining king stocks. I, I'm I'm deeply worried that it will make a lot of people really oppose the Endangered Species Act or express concern about whether the Endangered Species Act still works or not. I think it's an important tool in the toolbox, but I think it's also a tool that needs to be used very judiciously, very carefully, and for very specific circumstances, and to just try to have a blanket series of listings for stocks from areas of the state that are widely different, I think is very concerning. 
Freelance journalist Nat Hurst first reported the ESA petition. The Wild Fish Conservancy wrote a letter to the commissioner of the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, Doug Vincent Lang, in late May. It said their intent is to list and designate critical habitat for multiple populations of king salmon in southeast Alaska, southwest Alaska, and Cook Inlet. Three years ago, the organization filed a lawsuit to protect a declining population of orcas in the Puget Sound by restoring king salmon to their fishing grounds. A federal judge in Washington state issued a ruling in early May that's likely to shut down trolling for king salmon in southeast Alaska for the summer. Bristol says the Wild Fish Conservancy was wrong to target the trollers. And now they're doubling down by trying to list king salmon populations as endangered. This just takes it to a place where people shut down and they go into a defensive mode because of pending listing and potential litigation. And that's just, it's not the way we're going to be able to solve this problem. If Alaska king salmon make it onto the endangered species list, it could mean the closure of commercial harvests of kings and punish other fisheries that accidentally catch them. Amy Daughtery is the executive director for the Alaska Trollers Association. She says the trollers are too busy fighting the closure of their fishery to plan for a potential ESA listing. Uh, we haven't focused on that one yet just because we're, we're still preparing for the appeals process of the first lawsuit. But um, shortly we will be taking a harder look at that after we see the, the filing. Daughtry says soon enough, other fisheries will share the burden of the existential threat to the southeast trollers. The United Fishermen of Alaska is an umbrella organization representing 37 other fishing orgs from across Alaska. Tracy Welch is its executive director. She saw an outpouring of industry support for the trollers, and she expects that will grow even louder in the face of litigation that could affect more fisheries. I think we've already seen uh, industry support in that respect, but the fact that this has the potential to impact sport and subsistence along with commercial, I think, and hope that there will be, you know, more support throughout the state um, amongst user groups. Commissioner Vincent Lang said that there's no way Alaska king stocks are in jeopardy of extinction. In an emailed statement, he said, quote, the ESA is not the right tool to address issues related to low productivity. While the abundance of some stocks have taken a dip in recent years, the state has and will continue to take strong action to rebuild these stocks, end quote. The Wild Fish Conservancy hasn't filed the petition yet. Its letter to Vincent Lang, dated May 24th, said they would file one within 30 days. Reporting in Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. Alaska's two Republican U.S. senators had nearly opposite responses to the indictment of former President Donald Trump. Senator Lisa Murkowski said the charges in the case are serious and cannot be casually dismissed. Trump is charged with 38 counts, including mishandling classified documents, some describing the country's vulnerability to military attack. The indictment says disclosure could endanger national security. Trump is alleged to have kept the documents after leaving office, then obstructing the government's attempt to get them back and to investigate. Murkowski said in an emailed statement, such crimes can expose national secrets as well as sources and methods used to obtain them. Anyone found guilty, even a former president, should face the same consequences, she said. 
citing the adage that no one is above the law. Senator Dan Sullivan, on the other hand, said the prosecution of Trump will almost certainly do lasting damage to our polarized nation. Sullivan suggested that prosecuting Trump gives the impression that America has a two-tiered justice system. He issued a statement before the indictment was unsealed. His uh, his spokesman did not answer when asked if Sullivan wanted to respond to the specifics detailed in the charges. The traditional voyaging canoe, Hakulea, is setting off on its global journey with big goals. The year's-long journey is called Moananuikea, and it kicks off in Alaska. Right now, the canoe is traveling through the southeast region. The Polynesian Voyaging Society is organizing the voyage. They say the goal is to share voyaging heritage while bringing together planetary navigators, spreading a message of caring for the ocean, and connecting with other indigenous communities to spread and share traditional knowledge. Lehua Kamalu is the voyaging director and a navigator. She talked with Reagan Miller while the canoe was docked in Haines. Haines is a really special part to us. Um, We honor uh, the elder Judson Brown, who really was the person who connected our community to a lot of folks here in the southeast and to Alaska, um, and was really where we started a conversation and were ultimately gifted to Sitka spruce trees to build one of our Hawaiian voyaging canoes. That's really special. And kind of in that vein, could you tell me a little bit about why Alaska is this first leg of the journey? Alaska is it's such a unique and special place. Uh, right before... Um, in the time scale of voyaging, uh, we did a voyage around the world, actually, from 2014 to 2017. And one of the things about going around the world is it's really hard to <laughs> go everywhere <laughs> in a few years' time. Um, and one place that's very special to our community is Alaska. And just due to the way that the voyage worked out, it was going to be really hard for us to actually get all the way to Alaska. Um, and so I think we came home from that voyage um really yearning for that reconnection. And I know you mentioned um, being able to honor some folks in some of those other communities that you visited. Will you be able, or the crew, will they be able to also get out in these communities as they visit at all, or are you strictly on board? In our visits with Yakutet, Huna, and Haynes already, the community has been incredibly gracious and wonderful hosting all of our crew Uh, Most of them, this is their first time in Alaska. Um, Some of them, their first time leaving Hawaii, really. And uh, as we prepared for this journey, you know, they would always just say, we are, we're going to take care of you when you're in our waters. You're under our protection. You're under our care. Um, They've been able to experience so much of what each place is about, what's important to them, uh, what's valuable in their spaces. Um, They've taught us about salmon and hooligan and uh, about some of the foods, what they do at this time of year, um, and brought them to many special places. And so we're incredibly grateful for that opportunity. Um, and also, we certainly want to share a little bit more about what we do with our voyaging canoe. Um, our canoe's name is Pukulea, and uh, this is her first journey to Alaska. She's a very, very special vessel. And so we also want to make sure that our community members and our hosts are able to come down to the dock to visit with us, to meet the crew, to hear about our work and our journey, and uh, just be able to experience a little bit of uh, Hawaii. And there's so many special things that I feel like 
can kind of be used to unite the two cultures, the, the specialness and the uniqueness uh, of the canoes and the voyages is one thing that comes to mind. Absolutely. Uh, so what's wonderful about this relationship is, you know, it, it's it's been able to, I think, carry on over the many decades um, that we've been working with our canoes and our, our canoe communities, even here in Alaska. Um, when you think about canoe cultures, um, Alaska and the Yawk are, are very prominent in our minds. And we actually also had an opportunity to celebrate our, our canoe cultures in a couple of conferences over the past couple of years. Um, it was a little while since the last one, um, but I think uh, anyone who who can appreciate and understand the power of a canoe and connecting place and reminding us of practice and bringing to the other community um, has been very wonderful as well. And we've also been blessed to be joined by some of the, the canoe paddlers here from each of the villages and be greeted in with them to the shores. Um, and so there's a they're very direct connection in, in, in so many ways this uh, community makes us feel right at home. And I know it's going to be a pretty long journey, a couple of years, right? It is. It's going to be a few years. Uh, we travel pretty slowly <laughs> on our vessel. Um, our average speed is about five knots while sailing. Um, here in Alaska, we're definitely being very cautious. It's a much different to landscape or oceanscape than we're used to. Uh, being out on the open water uh, in warm tropical uh, ocean waters and so here we are definitely yielding to the expertise and the experience of our, our local ocean guides and fishermen and boat captains to really know this place best. And what are some of the other stops that you'll make along the way? Um, there's a few parameters that we keep in mind. We always want to make sure we are first invited in, that we have permission from our, our first people hosts, uh, from the community members who will be welcoming us. And we ever want to take anyone by surprise. Uh, and so a lot of work goes into just identifying each place and port before we even arrive. Uh, and same is true for here in Alaska. This process began, in fact, years ago, and now it's coming to that culmination. Um, so as we go throughout our journey, we always make sure that we are still sort of on course and our relationships are very strong. Um, but after departing uh, Alaska, we will continue on to British Columbia, the West Coast, uh, this is actually another journey where we are hoping maybe to touch uh, the coast of South America. This is something that, uh, after voyaging since 1976, is still eluded us. Um, so if it is meant to be, we will try and make it happen, um, carrying forward our journey back to Polynesia through the islands of Rapa Nui, through French Polynesia and Tahiti, um, onward to Aotearoa, through Cook Islands and Samoa. We are also hoping to visit the islands of one of our amazing teachers in Micronesia. And uh, then we really get to think about how we approach really the Asian continent and the many islands uh, that fill that area and the many cultures. So that one will still develop as we go along, and we'll keep updating that uh, with our communities as we go. That sounds like such an adventure. <laughs> it definitely is. Lehua Kamalu is the voyaging director and a navigator for the Polynesian Voyaging Society. She was speaking with Reagan Miller. For KFSK News, I'm Shelby Herbert.